Thank you for joining us at MindSpeak, the show that delves into global issues with a local perspective. This is a voice, not an echo. If you can't speak your mind, you can't be human. Hi, folks, and welcome back to MindSpeak. This is going to be episode 218, The Rise of Anti-Semitism. I'm a little running behind here a little bit, sorry. Sometimes, uh, you know, I have a little vocal issue, and I, I'd just rather be in a little better shape for that than, than having the struggle. I did an entire episode one time with a bad voice, and I don't know, it wasn't a good precedent. I might actually re-record that episode one day, just because... I've never been happy with that. All right, so let's talk about this uh, anti-Semitism and how it's rising uh, in all kinds of places around the world. Obviously, it, it, it's a, of a great distress, mainly because there was one point where it was starting to level off, like in the early uh, 2000s. But it's only increasing now, probably in the last five years. I've noticed it in particular, how, how high it's become. And what's going on behind that. So we're going to talk about that in this episode over here. Now, unlike a lot of people who talk about this particular issue, I'm not, I'm not really interested in, in, in playing one side or the other or whatever. I'm just not really interested in that. Basically, it's important to, to state the facts about what we know about the situation, where some of this stuff comes from, what's going on, and you know, point out what's, what's truly wrong and, and what maybe could be misconstrued so that's what we're going to do over here okay now we're calling it the rise of anti-semitism because there really has been a rise so it's not just a you know a figure of speech or, or a cool title for a for a, a podcast it, it's it's truly risen uh, a good example here and we'll bring out some statistics over here okay just just between the, the year 2000 and year 2015 that's 15 years just between those those Two points there of 15 years, uh, we're talking about an increase of anti-Semitism of, of 75%. So that's, that's pretty enormous. I mean, literally hundreds of episodes, just just even in a, in a couple of weeks. It's pretty incredible. Now, we're going to break this down a little bit in the sense of there's going to be some of this that's coming from groups, and there's going to be others that come from the political issue of the state of Israel. And, of course, then you're going to have some that are just coming from the Palestinian slash uh, Muslim side of things where it, it's almost like breathing air. I hate Jews. I mean, it's just literally that, just that way. So we'll talk about that as well. And, and what's really anti-Semitic and what might be political. I mean, because there can be some differences, but we'll also show where, you know, it, it's often disguised as that. And that's never a good thing either because... If this is really what you want to believe, and this is really what you want to practice in your life, I, I tell people all the time, well, just come out in the open then, okay? Because if you're really proud of this kind of hate and this sort of ridiculous thinking, well, you, you ought to be straight about it then. Have some sort of honor, because there's nothing worse than somebody espousing something that's dangerous and hateful, and then they're going to be cowards and hide behind words and hide behind causes and hide behind, I don't know, a pillowcase. Just, no, don't be hiding. <laughs> you, you, you like this so much, then, you know, come out and be it. I'm not suggesting you need to wear a sign, I, I hate Jews, but you know, at least be honest. 
And you don't get too many that are willing to do that, which already shows you that I guess it's not such a wonderful thing if you're not willing to come out with it. It really is that simple in the, in the thinking of all of this. It's not that clever that I'm trying to be, uh, you know, entrapping somebody. It's just, it's pretty, it's pretty darn clear. All right. Now, as much as we'll talk about maybe the last 15 or 20 years, just the last couple of years alone, especially during the pandemic itself, it's amazing how much of this is in, this has increased. Okay. And I'm going to be uh, pointing on a couple of countries where there, there's really been uh, some noticeable you know, incline in all of this, and and and, and what are the reasons why, and, and what can be possibly done? Okay, all right. I'll start with America first. Believe it or not, this is not the the greatest sinner, if you want to put it that way, of anti-Semitism. I mean, if you were to rank people in, in terms of countries, uh, we I don't even think we rank in the top five. I mean, we 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 have other racial issues that we're still trying to contend with and and trying to work through. But still, all in all, it's always been my belief, and it still is, regardless of what political stuff is out there telling you something different, that we're definitely the most progressive in these areas than anybody else on the planet. And I've been all over the world, so I can easily say that to you. It's not just some American boast. I've been to plenty of these countries that I'm going to be talking about right now, and I've seen plenty already just from being there, just for a little while. And it, it, it makes you wonder. Now... In the last couple of years in particular, there's been a real rise in anti-Semitism in the United States. A lot of it has to do, unfortunately, with some of the, some of the activist groups that, that have become uh, more, more alive than ever before, uh, like Antifa, which is virulently anti-Semitic. They can tell you all day long about their fighting against fascism and blah, blah, blah. They're anti-Semitic. I watched them throw rocks at old people and children from a bridge. Mm -hmm. There were Jews down there. Don't tell me they didn't know who they were. Not to say that throwing rocks at anybody is a good thing. But they know they're down there and they're still doing that. And why did they do that? Uh, because there was one of those uh, demonstrations where there were uh, Jews out there. And they wanted to support, at the time, uh, President Trump because he was uh, what they feel to be a pro-Israel candidate. And, of course, you know, a lot of peace deals were going on in the Middle East and et cetera. They wanted to show their support. That's it. A little little caravan down the street, that type of thing. And actually, you know, young people with masks on, by the way. Nobody, nobody showing their face. Okay? There's nothing more cowardly, I'll tell you that now. Nothing more cowardly than a young person with a mask on throwing a rock at an old person. Nothing more cowardly. There, there really isn't any. I love to meet up with some of these people. Then you'll understand what a man is. Because what you're doing, that's not a man. That's just some stupid child. And a hateful one at that. Tru truly a disgrace. That's one of the groups here in America that's been really popular uh, in, in street demonstrations. And always seems to be involved in something anti-Semitic. I don't mean once in a while. I mean always. I mean literally they come to your community. Stuff's broken. Synagogues are defaced or sometimes even set on fire. Uh, we don't know anything about that. We're just here to protest. Hmm. If you look at how many times they went to places and how many times these incidents have happened, it's not hard to put together two and two. All right, That's the first one here in America, unfortunately. And, and unfortunately, we didn't do very much to crack down on them. So 
Uh, as much as I might be pointing out other countries and some of their behavior where it concerns the rise of anti-Semitism, I'm going to point at my country first. That's why I brought them up. We didn't do much at all to stop these people or to arrest them. And when they did, many times they just let them go. It's not a big thing. Really? So if I burn a church, that's a big thing. But if I burn a synagogue, uh, that's, that's okay. Let's let them go. It's not, a big, it's not a big crime. This is the message that we send. And this is what we're going to talk about throughout this show. That one of the ways to not only defeat the anti-Semitism in a community is also to make sure that everybody is on the same page about what is hate, how destructive it is for a community, how it's a completely unwelcome thing in a democratic society. And more importantly, how those at the top, and I mean everybody from businessmen at the top to the politicians and leaders of the community, of the state, or even the country, well, they need to be out there too. And I don't mean just uh, some fake condemnation from, from a script and then they go have a sandwich afterwards. I mean, they need to be out there and making sure that they're rigorous against it. It's one of the problems we're going to see throughout this show and how leadership hasn't done very much. And because of that, that leaves more of an opening for people out there to do this. Well, I don't see anybody in society condemning this. I guess this is okay. This is what the perverted mind thinks. Because in many ways... When you don't do anything about this, you are given license to these type of people. That's what it is, period. All right, next one on the list here in America is Black Lives Matter. And I'm not giving you my opinion. It's a fact that they've been involved in so many anti-Semitic protests, and many of them connected to, to burnings and firings and all sorts of things against uh, Jewish cemeteries and Jewish synagogues. We got videotape from here to, the, to kingdom, kingdom Come on folks doing this. Not to mention the fact that they even have a foreign policy that's, that's completely anti-Israel. And we're going to talk about this further, but things that are anti-Israel and things that are anti-Zionist, yeah, those are anti-Semitic. Those are hateful things. There's, there's no difference here, and I'll explain why. Okay? It's one thing to be against a political policy of a, of a state, even Israel, and not being called anti-Semite. I got that. We'll talk about that. I accept that. But it's another to simply to say, no, that the, the nation shouldn't exist. No, the nation should be nuked by Iran. No, no, the nation should simply be wiped off the earth. That's when you're engaging in anti-Semitism. Even though you got people that literally say, well, that's just my political opinion. But I'm not a hater. Okay, sure. So we'll talk about that. That's another group there here in America responsible for a great amount of the anti-Semitic uptick in America just in the last two years alone. And then, of course, you got people in, in various uh, fringe groups. Uh, one of these groups, unfortunately, being the, the Democratic Party, which continues to have people in, inside of it that say anti-Semitic things on a regular basis. And again, if you're a congresswoman and you're saying these things and you're supposed to be a leader, what is the community going to think? First of all, what is the community going to think when, when you're a Jew in that community going, what is this? Because you're putting them in danger just by doing that. And then, of course, you got young people and cult members and groups and all kinds of other folks there that want to call arrests around this, and you're giving them permission to burn a shop, to target a school, to put swastikas on, on, on cemetery headstones. 
Do you realize how how utterly blasphemous and how just disgraceful that kind of behavior is? And I'm not saying this specifically just a Jewish cemetery. Any cemetery. It's unbelievably disrespectful. But then the people that we're talking about here that do these things, they don't actually believe in a God. They believe that a state mechanism should run over everything. We should not have much freedom other than whatever thoughts and policies they have. And this is the reason why they're able to do this and get away with doing this. And, and that's how they think this way. I'm not burning a, a church or a synagogue. I'm just burning a building against my enemy. And since I don't believe in God anyway, there's nothing special about this building versus, you know, a recreation center or, or a children's school. Even though some synagogues can literally have a school and recreation in there as well. Or connected right to it. But nevertheless, this is the kind of thinking. It's that stupid rationalization you get from folks. That they understand deep down inside what they're saying, what they're doing is evil. And it's wrong. And it's, it's simply anti-social behavior. But people like this, ever since the dawn of, of Nazism in the, in the 1930s, They'll always find a way to rationalize it, to make it seem like it's okay, to give it a, a, a meaning or a purpose or something, you know? It's like, it's like uh, taking evil and taking off the evil face of evil and then put a pretty face on it. You see? We're pretty. Now, you might look pretty to some people, but you're not pretty. You're ugly, that's evil. So... Those three organizations right there alone have been responsible for a great amount of the uptick in, in anti-Semitism in the United States. This is not to say that there's not people in the Republican Party or the Libertarian Party and some of the fringe groups that are out there, especially uh, some of the militias, uh, obviously the Ku Klux Klan is still out there, there are neo-Nazis out there, there's the Aryan Movement, all of these folks constantly putting through the internet on, on flyers in people's neighborhoods and etc., Blaming Jews for everything under the sun. Okay, I mean, sir, if you lose a video game in these people's worlds, there must be a Jewish person behind it that made you lose. That's how pathetic it sounds. But this is the kind of paranoia and ridiculous thinking that's involved in this. Understand this all the time, because this actually applies all the time. Whenever you feel like you need a conspiracy theory to explain something in the world, the first thing you're doing when you make these conspiracy theory up or sign on to somebody else's conspiracy theory is simply this you're uh, avoiding personal responsibility for the things that have happened in your life for the things you're about to do in your life for the things you've done before in your life that's what you're doing that's the first thing you do when you get these conspiracy theories because they allow you to long ago be on the hook for things you know I got this drinking problem um, not because my father beat at me and he, 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 uh, he drank too. Not because my mother was a hooker and my grandmother drank, uh, you know, uh, liquid meth. But because a Jewish person 3,000 miles away, you know, has maybe become this way. Because they control the banking system. Um, which, I don't have a banking account anyway, but, you know, this is what I'm told. All right. And, uh. They, they're going to make sure that I can't succeed in life unless I get rid of them. You can see the nonsense. But that's the core of a lot of these ridiculous conspiracy theories. In fact, it's the core for all conspiracy theories. I don't care if it's there's Satanists in the police department or there's child pedophiles in Hollywood 
or uh, the aliens uh, have reptilian faces, but they got a plastic mask on, they're really running the world, or the Jews control everything. They're all the same, okay? You can literally put into pieces. If you had these conspiracies together with some puzzles on a board somewhere, you could literally trade pieces back and forth. Yep. Uh, child pedophiles, Satanists, aliens, and Jews. You could just literally change it all back and forth and get, get practically the same conspiracy theory. That's how ridiculous it is. But that also shows you how interchangeable it is because it's a gigantic excuse for people to let themselves off the hook and not take responsibility for their lives or maybe even for their communities because they could blame somebody else and they got a whole set theory for everything it's all because of them they wear funny hats and big beards yeah mm-hmm okay I know a couple people that wear funny hats and big beards too I don't know how that's affected my life at all I'm done all I wanted to do so what are you talking about? We are pretty much an accumulation of our choices, good and bad. So you can see the bad choices right here, okay? Because no one's forced into this stupid belief. People choose this. I mean, they might be coerced now and then, sure, but in the end, you're still choosing it, and you're responsible for the, the consequences that come from it. Because it's not just a bunch of negative fairy tales, and then you have a drink and fall asleep. No, people eventually act on this nonsense. Whether it's uh, the neo-Nazi that tries to burn down the synagogue or the Black Lives protester that think it's funny to you know, uh, shout down Jews as being evil landlords and, 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 and try to burn buildings and, and break windows. Or if it's the Palestinian that has gone from simply a protester to somebody now that's joined an armed group and doing things on the terrorist type basis. Because I'm not one of those people that's going to tell you all Muslims are terrorists because they're not. And neither are all Palestinians. But what I can say, though, is that as a group of people, you know, anti-Semitism is a big, big, big part of the, uh, a lot of the belief in, the, in those unfortunate systems of, of thinking. And we're going to go over that in a little bit more detail. But that's some of the groups here in America. And it's uh, not only disconcerting, it's, it's disappointing because we have made a lot of progress up to a certain point. Now we're back into this again even more than ever. Because in many ways, anti-Semitism, particularly in the United States, it's become more mainstream. Because now they run for cover with new things. Hey, man, um, listen, um, I know what you heard and what you filmed, but... Um, it's really about I'm against Israeli policies of my Palestinian brothers and because of that that's why I said that now there are ways guess what there are ways legitimately to do that without being anti-semitic okay because my first question is really you just threw three rocks in the synagogue window you said all Jews should die and now you want me to believe that you don't hate anybody and you're not practicing bigotry because it's really about a political stance against Israel believing that they should have a, a, a Palestinian state next to them and they should all have peace. Why don't you just come out and say that then? You don't need to say all this other crap. You certainly don't need to try to break windows and do things like that. Having signs, you know, Jews must die. You're getting videotaped with that. So I'm not getting the point here, you see? But this is the excuse they make later on. When you don't have a camera on them anymore, and you're not looking at the sign, you didn't hear some of the other language, and that's what they're coming out with. That's how they spin it. Ah, we're just really pro-Palestinian, actually. Uh, no. 
you're a hater and you're you're a disgrace because if you're telling me you're out here because you're against bigotry you're against racism I don't know how you help black people by hating Jewish people don't see this connection over here there isn't unless you already formed that the ideology that some people have particularly the nation of Islam and a few other groups where you believe that somehow uh, Jews are behind the oppression of black people in America or even in the world well then that's a whole other story there because you can never claim political stuff you're just claiming that that's your ideology that's your political beliefs now you're just another hater then using that as an excuse and we got a lot of people like that that do that and this is how they go this is how they go about it so this way you know all right next we're going to go on to France you got a lot of uh, not only a lot of information on that a lot of experience about it but I've been there at least six or seven times so it's not a place I haven't been to before and there are incredibly a disappointment in this particular subject matter folks okay France is the third largest country even with all the people that have left recently and we're going to talk about that but they are the third largest country in terms of having as many Jews in the world okay yeah the first one is the United States just in terms of actually counting Jews and then Israel and then France so they're the third largest I don't mind talking to you about the long history of anti-semitism in France history it's there I mean and some of it can have a connection but not all of it is as much as I'm a person that likes to talk about history and how there's often a direct connection to some of the things that we talk about in the present or some of the things we do in the present I always feel in the end that if I'm not showing more current reasons about what's going on again it's just another thing to blame you know I'm trying to stop people from blaming the Jews so let me go blame history if I'm listening to this and I'm a French person well I'm not gonna be too happy with that I'm like is they're gonna say hey you know the Jefferson affair was like 300 years ago what the hell are you talking about can we talk about like you know the 21st century and they would be right so you don't want to use that too much you really don't you make you make some reference to it here and there and you just leave it at that because it's it's really ultimately unfair in my opinion in the argument okay because there's probably no country on earth that doesn't have some kind of serious history of, of bigotry against one person or another including the Jews okay but France has had the, the, the largest I, I felt and, and from looking at these numbers increase of anti-semitism in any country in the world okay right here 74 percent increase in anti-semitic ne negative acts and I don't mean just like calling somebody a name on the street I mean like hitting them out of the blue marking died Jew on the car breaking the car burning the house burning the synagogue we've had a number of course terrorist incidents where they just went in there with guns and knives while people were in this, uh, a meat shop and, and, and just killing people just out of the blue not even can they live or die some of those are the more extreme terrorist ones others are just people who live there in France now yeah sure it does have a long history of anti-semitism but one of the biggest issues with France especially over the last like I'd say 10 years is that there's been such an uptick there that many of the Jews are starting to leave 
In fact, they just in the last 10 years, over 50,000 Jews have left France and went to Israel because of how dangerous it's become. All right? There's more Jews that left France than the ones that still live in Belgium. That's the kind of numbers we're talking about. And there's still plenty left in, in, in France, don't get me wrong. But France is going to be, on this show, another prime example, if not the prime example, in the world on leadership that sucks on this issue. Too much equivocating, in many instances, ignoring stuff or saying, oh, yeah, that's really sad, and we'll get the police to investigate that, when they don't really mean any of that crap. They can care less. Some of it's because of the, the, uh, the welcome of the immigration of, of Muslims throughout the world to France, where they become part of the society. So they feel like if they, don't, if they protect a Jewish person or if they say that the anti-Semitism is wrong, that they're going to lose votes with, with, with Muslims who vote, or they're going to lose some face with them in the community, or they're going to get upset with them. I don't feel that these are legitimate reasons to not support your own citizens. Because unlike Muslims who have only been there 10, 15, 20 years, you, know, you, have, you have Jews who have been there generations upon generations. In some cases, hundreds and hundreds of years. Fought in all the wars in France and done everything they possibly can to support what's become their nation, only in the end to not have a quiet retirement, to not have another generation to go to school and, and be who they want to be, French Jewish people. No. They got to worry about their safety. They got to worry about a government that doesn't seem to, to want to protect them or even care. And then ultimately they have to leave for their own safety, for their own. I could tell you about my friend. I won't mention his name. But over the last four years, he was telling me about what he was facing. Threats at work, stupid comments that he would never heard before in his lifetime just suddenly popping up now. Notes on his car, Jew leave the neighborhood. Notes on his locker at work, we're watching you. He had an incident with somebody that, that tried to have an altercation with him on the street he managed, you know, bopping the guy in the head for this kind of nonsense. And all the cop could say when he got there is, you know, if you lived in a different neighborhood, this would stop. That's the police telling them that. Thank you, Mr. French policeman. If I lived in a different neighborhood, this is going to be different. Hmm. Lovely. Is it his fault that the neighborhood had changed over the years when this is where his family's been living for over 100 years? Nope. But that's the kind of nonsense you hear. You know, it reminds me of the, the people that live on the golf course with their homes. And then people violate and trespass the property just to get a stupid golf ball. And all you hear from these people is, well, if you didn't want that to happen, you should have never moved on a golf course. You should never have your house here. Really? So the woman comes out at night and... Because she doesn't have three guys with guns protecting her, and she just goes from the club to the street to get to her car, and the next thing you know, someone sexually assaults her. What was she supposed to do? Hmm? Supposed to have lights flying all around her with, huh? 16 machine guns and three knives or something? If she didn't have that, then she must have deserved what she got. 
Because that's really what's being said when someone says something like that. It's beyond just a flippant comment. It's beyond just a lazy cop. It's a cultural mentality that simply, simply lives in that country. And I know it's incredibly sad. It really is. Especially since France, in many ways, had made so many adjustments into its culture to uh, to accept uh, those black people that came from Africa, from the uh, from the former French colonies, accept them in life and academia and, and soccer and all that stuff, and even tried to do its best to meld again with all, with, with Algeria and, and try to form some peace and some understanding and all that. And then in the end, to simply turn on its own citizens because they don't want to stand up for what's right. Because at the moment, it's not politically helpful. That's when you have a problem. This is what we talked about before, and we'll continue to talk about it on the show. It's about leadership. We could talk all day long about, well, Mark, uh, leadership or not, if they come from families that preach this stuff, I mean, what are we supposed to do to stop that? It's about leadership. You tell people. You tell them through the education system. You tell them through the TV. You tell them through the government. This is not the kind of behavior you need to have. This is destructive for our nation. This is harm, harmful to other people. You wouldn't want to be having this happen to you. So stand up for it. People eventually will listen to that. Is it going to solve every single thing? No. But you're not going to have 74% increase in anti-Semitic violence. That's going to dramatically go down. <laughs> I'm not telling you it's going to be zero. Nobody believes that. This is a, a reality show over here. We're not talking fantasy. But when you have that kind of increase, it could only mean one thing. Nothing is being done to stop it. No one's saying anything. No one's doing anything. Nothing. And every time you talk to people who are leaving there, that's one of the first things they do. You know, in their, I guess you want to call it an exit interview survey when they when they leave and they, they arrive in Israel. Yeah. I went to the authorities. I went to this. I did that. Blah, blah, blah. Nothing. Continue to happen, and in many cases, even got worse. France, I know it's a, it's just a, a horrible, horrible situation over there. And I could tell you one thing right now: the way it's going, I mean, I'm serious. And there, there could possibly be no Jews left in France in ten years. I, I'm sure we got some perverts over there listening to the show right now, saying, "Hey, that's a great thing," but is it a great thing? To lose loyal people who care, trying to do the right thing? Why? Because they practice a different religion? France is supposed to be a Christian nation. So there's millions of people that live right now that are not Jewish, that are not Christian, that practice a different nation. That seems to be okay with you. It should be okay for everyone, not just the ones you pick and choose. And this is what's going to hurt France in the end. That kind of immoral behavior. And it should know better than most nations. Especially since parts of it cooperated with the Nazis in World War II. That was the Vichy government over there. Cooperated and handed over people so they could be murdered in concentration camps. You would think that alone would, remember, would remind France that this behavior is despicable. And that they have a moral obligation, if not just a civic one, to do the right thing towards people that you know have had this issue in the past. So you don't want it revived again. But, you know, right now... I don't see that happening at all. It's simply not on any kind of radar for anybody, unfortunately. All right, next one over here. 
Another, another horrible disappointment in this situation is, is Belgium. You don't hear about this country as much where it concerns their anti-Semitism, which is un unusual because the closer you look at it, the more you have to wonder what, what the heck is going on over there. They don't have a large amount of, of Jews that live in, in uh, Belgium. But nevertheless, they seem to have a real issue. There's a city in, in, in Belgium called uh, Aslith. And there, the mayor over there thinks it's funny to have a, a, a giant festival where he actually has floats and people running around in costumes making fun of Jews, putting on weird hats and big noses because, you know, they're weird people who lie a lot. That's what it's saying when you do something like that. And then when you call them out on it, because, you know, in this parade, they even call ants, they even call Jews ants. Hmm. Oh, it's just for fun. They told the BBC this when they interviewed them. It's just for fun. There's, there's no movement behind what we're doing. No ideology. We don't wish harm to anyone. We just want to, like, persecute them with, with humor. Say the most vile things and do the most vile things. Put on ridiculous stuff. A whole parade. All the costumes. You wouldn't believe it. And then some costumes actually have people in Nazi uniforms. Well, we're, we're making fun of them too, you see. That came afterwards, though, by the way, folks. When people sort of notice in this nonsense, then they sort of added Nazis and make it look like there's a balance there. Yeah, okay. This is so clear, it's ridiculous. Again, it comes down... To honesty comes down to some sort of version of integrity. Comes down to dishonor. If you want to be this way, you want to say these things. This is the message you want to send. Then send it and don't be giving us these stupid lies that we can't notice. We don't see the difference. At one point, the mayor is like, uh, "Well, this is really our version of free speech." Well, thank you for admitting that you're an anti-Semite, because that's pretty much what you're telling me. It'd just be rather you come out in the open and just say that. But this shows you, again, if this is your belief, if this is your ideology, own up to it. I, I, I have no love of the terrorist group Hamas. They're part of the half of the government over there in Palestine and virulently anti-Semitic. And they come out and they say it all the time. They don't mince words. They talk to you directly. This is where they're at. This is what they're doing. They don't care. They hate them, blah, blah, blah. Wish it was gone. Israel history, blah, blah, blah. I'm sending them to some markets right now. Let them know. I got no respect for that kind of hatred. But these folks, they're saying what they're doing, and they're doing what they're saying. You know where they're coming from, at least. Those people are true believers. Sick as it is, that's who they are. These other folks, this is cowardly on, on that level. It really is. There's been a number of incidents in Belgium. And, and of course, there's going to be. Because you imagine inside the country itself, they're filming this stuff. They're putting it on the TV. And people are like, wow, this is okay to do? Make fun of Jews? Huh? Why do you like that? Look at that. The mayor's offending and it's really great. This is what we're talking about when we talk about leadership, folks. That kind of leadership, that's going to lead to more of that. And some folks might want to say, 
on the show or email to me or whatever. Well, Mark, you're exaggerating. It's too much of a connection, Mark, between a dope that puts on a stupid mask and a costume and makes fun of Jews and then somebody three weeks later getting shot in the head who happens to be Jewish. You're just leaping for stuff too much. No, there isn't. Because when you see these events happen, and then you look at the numbers of the anti-Semitic uh, crimes that happen later on, you see how they pop up. You see how they jump up. You look at the numbers. It's not hard to figure it out. You don't have to be a statistician. You don't have to be a genius. You don't even have to be somebody that's an expert on Jewishness. It's not hard to figure out from a simple crime statistic standpoint. Okay? Let me see. Uh, in 1990, before these parades kicked in, we had 10 anti-Semitic incidents. And now, last year, we have 300. Hmm. You don't think this sort of behavior, this kind of commentary, these kind of visuals, yeah, they have an impact on people. Well, Mark, it just brings out people that were there already. I'm sure there's some truth to that, yeah. I agree. I don't think people just look at something like that on TV and say, you know, Marge, I think I'm ready to be a neo-Nazi after seeing that. I'm ready to go. I've been thinking about it for a while, you know. No. It gives people, maybe it does give people, in a way, permission to act out some of their own sick fantasies. Or maybe some of their own prejudices that they didn't realize they have. Oh, I should talk about this now. Again. It's a form, in this particular case in Belgium, no different than stuff that's happened in the United States, and even in France, it's a form of starting to legitimize the hatred, the anti-Semitism, almost mainstreaming it. Yeah, yeah, it's not a big deal. They're still alive, everybody's fine. We make fun of them, okay, whatever. You'll live with it. Yeah, I might live with it. Uh, but others might not live with it. They might die because of it. And you would be responsible for that, whether you want to think of that or not. But responsible in the, the biggest moral sense of the word, responsible from the maker up in heaven, looking down and saying, really? This is what you do with your spare time? Make fun of people? Put them in danger? For what reason? There really isn't a good reason other than you hate these people because what's the reason then? Okay? You know how many people you can make fun of that has nothing to do with a cultural group? You can make fun of the the baker or the candlestick maker or the fireman or the cop hmm? or the nurse. You can do that all day long. It doesn't affect anybody other than people realize that's kind of fun. You know? The sexy nurse. You know what I mean? The crazy fireman. The nutty, the nutty uh, uh, baker, tired all the time, getting up early, having to make bread for you. Maybe gets mad and tries to poison you or something. There's plenty of things you could do. Remember, folks, we are accumulation of our choices, and these are choices. All right? They choose to go out there and do this parade every year, even though they know people are calling them anti-Semitic. They still choose to do it. In fact, it seems it's getting worse and worse in terms of some of the costumes they have over there. They choose to do this. They choose to send out the same nutball mayor they've been sending out every year uh, with the same excuses. It's just fun. 
there's no group behind us we're just exercising our free speech the same excuses same nonsense dangerous and that's a country that continues to have a spike in all of that it really is and it's just so it's unbelievable to even have to talk about this it's like you got to be kidding me that people actually do this yeah they do I know it's, it's amazing now we've been hearing reports and there's been news stories about what's going on in Hungary and what's going on in Poland now what's going on in Hungary is many people are not happy with the person that runs that country they believe that he's some sort of authoritarian person that just wants to run it in his own image and, and have everybody think the same now he's a person that also has had serious ties to Israel some people want to say that maybe that's his way for him to disguise that some of his government can use anti-semitic ideas in order to capture the vote or maybe even captures people's imagination in Hungary again a country that doesn't exactly have the greatest history of uh, of treating Jews properly uh, also a country that you know often hunted them down and shipped them to the Nazis to be killed in concentration camps so they have that history behind them but as much as I've looked into Hungary I haven't seen anything close to the kind of spikes that we're talking about and I find it not only unusual I find it disconcerting that you have Europeans beating up Hungary because they don't like the fact that you know he doesn't like to cooperate with the European Union at all they don't like that and calling these guys anti-semitic and the numbers across Europe are uh, astronomical they're like to the moon and back in terms of the numbers the increases the the violence the the, the, the terrorism the, the the murder sprees on Jews in Europe yet none of this is going on in Hungary does this mean that the country is anti-semitic free no I don't think anybody or any place on earth is I really don't <laughs> I don't even think it's anti-semitic free in Israel and that's a country that's mostly Jews so I don't know if that's a goal realistically to try to make someplace zero on that would be nice but zero hate would be great for everybody but that's not really realistic for the human condition but in terms of the numbers they don't they don't come to anything close to anything that's happening just on the average day in Belgium or, or the average weekend in France which uh, in one week in France there was more anti-semitic attacks in one week than there were in Hungary in the entire year I'm not telling you this because it's uh, I, I think it's fascinating to, to defend Hungary against anti-semitism I'm not actually doing that just the facts and the numbers well they speak volumes about what's being said and who's saying it do they need to be watched because there have been a few politicians that have made some illusions about Jewish power and said stupid commercials and things like that yeah of course why not I think even the president himself said he was disappointed in some of that but I don't I don't see anything anything close in terms of the numbers or, 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 or the other well you know the deep wellspring of that sort of uh, evil in, in that society it right now it doesn't seem to be there hopefully it stays that way people just need to keep watching I agree now another one which is a lot more complicated of the situation is Poland uh, we already know uh, that Poland has a very long long history of uh, anti-semitism some of it derived directly from Christianity unfortunately 
Christianity is a, a real big, uh, if not inventor, certainly a big sponsor of anti-Semitism over the centuries. It's no longer that way for, for Christianity. There isn't really any Christian branch left out there that's espousing that kind of nonsense, thank God. But in the past, that was pretty common. And, you know, and Poland was, was captured with that like other places. So that's not that unusual, unfortunately. That's just a historic fact. But some of the laws that Poland has put in since 2018, uh, those, are, those are matters that, that concern people and, and, and make people have to wonder. One of the first laws is they wanted to criminalize the speech of calling a concentration camp a Polish death camp. Now, some of the thinking behind this makes sense to a certain degree. Not all, but a certain degree. There's been a belief in Poland that since the country was defeated militarily by the Nazis, taken over by the Nazis, had concentration camps built and forced upon the Polish land and then upon the Polish people, because remember, a lot of people that were killed in those concentration camps, Jew or not Jew, they were also Polish citizens. So Polish people, you know, were, were murdered in these things. They felt that why should they take the blame for all of this when they didn't do any of this? It was the Germans that took over and, and did all these things. So therefore, these were German crimes and not Polish crimes. Now, this extends on to another law that later on came about saying that, and right now Poland is, I think, the only nation in, in the European Union that refuses to pay any of the property claims regarding uh, Nazi theft uh, from Jews during the, during the whole Holocaust. They felt that it's not their fault that that happened, so why should they pay? It's really the same way as using the terminology about Polish death camp. I never liked the the, the, the cultural or, or racial connotation to it anyway. It's a concentration camp. It's in Poland. There's a concentration camps that were in Germany. So, I mean, that's it. You don't need to call them one thing or another. It's just a concentration camp, period. You know, it's not that difficult to do. So I agree with them on that. They shouldn't really have their entire nation and culture kindly, constantly stamped on that. And yeah, I think they're right about that. I don't have a problem with that. The problem is, is that how how it was worded and and how oftentimes people have gotten upset, particularly politicians, to use this in a way that definitely sounded anti-Semitic. You know, and you use terms like "there goes those Jews again," or "the Jews are going to be against this." Well, it's hard not to say that you're not sounding anti-Semitic because you are. Because guess what? There's a lot of people that are against those laws that internationally didn't agree with them, and most of them were not Jews. They just thought it was a little idiotic. Now, I agree at the heart of what they're talking about, that they shouldn't be blamed, that history should be looked at more carefully about that. I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't even have a problem with, with them saying, yeah, we had some citizens that cooperate in this horrible mess, but... Our military, our government, and most of our citizens were not involved in that. And they're correct on that, too, historically. That is the truth, yes. So I understand the sensitivity to all of that. And it's a difficult thing to be able to uh, do whatever you can to live down something that you don't feel you're responsible for. And in many ways, historically, you're not responsible for. But there's better ways for them to put that into any kind of legislative. There's certainly a better ways to try to persuade 
their citizens or even the international community about what some of their thoughts are, rather than sound so harsh and, and a bit hateful about it all. And, and, and of course, sometimes the, the response from some of the Polish community wasn't very helpful either. I read an article that someone wrote about this very same thing, and the commentary, which was almost all Polish, Polish citizens coming back on the Internet, was not only rough, some of it in itself was anti-Semitic. Or it was hateful or prejudicial or, or just incredibly paranoid. Oh, they're beating up on Poland again. You know, listen, Polish folks, I don't know if you realize this or not, but the world's a big place. And it's a complex place. And we always talk about lots of issues. And I promise you that Poland doesn't come up that often. So I'm not really sure what you're talking about, about they're going after us again. I don't know. Are you talking about the Jews? Or are you just talking about people in general? Because uh, I don't really see it coming up very often. But in many ways, you brought yourself into the situation worse than it should have been. Because I don't know if you really needed to make a law like that. What was the point of that? Why can't you just have a PR campaign internationally on the internet, um, tourist-wise and stuff like that? Please refrain from calling this a Polish death camp. This is a force upon us. We're victims just as much as the people that were killed there. It's not an unusual thing to say. It's actually factually true. So I don't have a problem with that. Why couldn't you have gone about that in that manner? Said so you had to go about it in this manner. And then get defensive when people say, damn, you're really kind of going far on this. And then the whole property issue, well, that's still up in the air about how right you are about that or not. Because in the end, you can say Germans came here, they stole this particular property, whether it's real estate or whatever, even art or whatever, and they left and then some of us took that property back. Some of it's even belonging to the state of, of, of Poland. But how can you say that you know, it's okay now that you can keep it? Why? Because the Germans stole it and then they gave it to you? So now that's okay? This is one of the problems with that law. They don't really make it clear about that. That somebody can't put a claim in for this? When they have proof that it belongs to them and now it's in Polish hands? I mean, I know Austria tried the same thing with some, from some, some art stolen by Nazis. So uh, again, some of this stuff, it doesn't really help. It doesn't help your cause about I'm um, being beat up on because you're helping them beat you up, first of all. Second of all, it doesn't really help your cause of we're not anti-Semitic over here. We're just trying to defend our culture. When you're doing things that if they don't sound anti-Semitic, they lead <laughs> to some anti-Semitic accusations or maybe even some anti-Semitic thoughts or maybe just people saying, wow, what are you guys actually trying to do here? So you've opened up yourself to some of this. Some of it's unfair. I agree. But some of it, you made yourself a target. And I don't understand why, to this day, you have yet to figure it out. I know the president of the Poland says all the most wonderful things. I don't know if someone wrote a nice script for him or not, but it doesn't look like he's taking any serious action to stop any of this. Some of these laws should be put in the trash, come up with something better. Remember, folks, it's a law that you created. You could fix it or you could trash it and come up with something else that's better. You didn't get this from a tablet from a mountain someplace, okay? So let's not make this like it's the 11th commandment or something. 
It's just a, a silly law that's making you look bad, and, and it really doesn't help not only the image of Poland, it doesn't even help the conversation about how can this actually get resolved once and for all. Mark, we don't want to have this this Nazi nonsense uh, constantly providing our country. Mark, we don't like the idea of tourists coming here and maybe all they want to do is visit Auschwitz. I, I, I'm sure that's that's painful. I'm sure that's definitely disconcerting. I'm sure that's just downright annoying. But I don't really see you coming up with a lot of solutions on how to, how to actually head that off in a positive way. Because some of the underlying feelings about this I feel are, are legitimate. I would be, if I was living there, yeah, I'd be concerned about that too. But you don't want to get carried away. You don't want to walk right into a, you know, a buzzsaw because you just worded something in, in, in a way that makes you sound more pro-anti-Semitic than it is uh, against it. Even if that's not what was meant to happen. Some of this has happened now. And you guys have to solve this. Otherwise, you just continue to damage yourself. And people have a right to say, why is it there? Why are you not fixing it? Why are you not trying to do anything about it? Why isn't there even a national debate about it? If it's that big of an issue, if it's all about Polish identity and it's all about Polish accountability or lack of accountability, then why are you not having a big debate about it? What, just a, a couple of days and then... You know, and, and then uh, you pass a law and spend three years defending it in a poor fashion. you got to come up with something better than that, folks. You really do. Because you're bringing some of this stuff on your own. Now, I could say the very same thing statistically about Poland that it is uh, hungry. They don't have lots of anti-Semitic attacks over there in Poland. There's not people over there doing a lot of that stuff. There's been some defacing of cemeteries. They've had some of those issues. I'm not making light of that, but they haven't had nowhere near the violence and only near the, the kind of real disturbances in society, as you can see in Europe. So again, when Europe is pointing at Poland about this, well, they need to look at a mirror first before they even look at Poland, because those numbers, again, they're low. They're not even growing with this horrible stuff that I just talked about. Thank God. So you might have a lot of Polish people upset. You might have them annoyed and, and maybe even a, a bit more than sensitive than they should be about the subject. It's not turning them all into some kind of anti-Jewish mob. That's not really happening in Poland, thank God. But it's an issue they need to resolve before something like that does happen. Because remember, it's about leadership. And right now in Poland, where it concerns some of these issues, there really isn't a whole lot of leadership. There's just a lot of stupid politics and trying to just put it off for another day. Uh, you need to just get it over with and, and, and move on. That's what you need to be doing. Now, the, one of the last places that there's been a real uptick in this, and it truly surprises me compared to everywhere else, and that is in Canada. This is a place that it used to not have much of anything in terms of, uh, of hate. Except for maybe some of the some of the issues that people might have had with some of the uh, the original people there, the first people, or you know, in America we call them the Native Americans. Uh, I don't know if they call them the Native Americans in Canada, or they call them Native Canadians, or maybe just first people, you know, or just you know, original tribes, or maybe just by the name of that particular tribe in that area, you know. But 
In the last couple of years, anti-Semitic attacks have been are becoming much more serious. A lot of, uh, of, of synagogue burnings there, a lot of the facing of, uh, of property and, and cemetery. A lot of professors coming out of uh, Canadian universities talking crazy stuff. Israel should be nuked. Palestinians are, are greater than everyone on earth. Oh my, oh, my favorite one. I believe there's some Jewish people behind some of this negative stuff here in Canada. I just don't know how to put my finger on it. Yeah, you should put your finger on it. Put your finger on your other hand, and now you got the anti-Jewish problem right there. Hmm? It's on your hand. That's where it's at. But we've seen more and more of this. I've seen a lot of uh, uh, a Black Lives movements that actually have started in Canada as well. Again, spouting the same kind of nonsense. If they're not spouting stuff that's blatantly anti-white, it's spouting stuff that's just anti-Semitic. And it's becoming more and more popular in, in Canada. I don't think that Canada is where America is at to where this is mainstream yet. Because it's not there, thankfully. But it's definitely making progress in Canada. And I'm sure that it's difficult for Canadians to do anything when they have a prime minister who actually is guilty of wearing blackface and, and, and doing and saying things in the past that were bigot, bigoted. And there's no doubt about it. You could say it's the past. You could say he apologized, blah, blah, blah. But, again, you're not going to get leadership from somebody like that that's too shy to talk about these issues. Because the first thing someone's going to say is, really, you're saying I'm an anti-Semitic and I got a picture of you with a black face on. There goes your argument out the window. So it's really hard to be a leader on some of these issues when you're guilty of some of the same nonsense in the past. It doesn't mean that you ignore the stuff. You're still supposed to be handling it. You can send somebody else over there that has credibility on the issue, that can do something about it. But, you know, Canada's locked down all kinds of different places, worse than America on the pandemic, and I really don't know how much they're really interested in, on, on moving in the direction of stopping some of the bigotry that comes out of the places that's supposed to be against bigotry. In many ways, Canada's worse than America is on tackling a lot of these things. And I don't know if that's going to make this continue to grow there in Canada or not. I just know that there hasn't really been a spin on doing anything about it. In fact, many times it's just, ah, they just got carried away and it's okay. We need to talk about these issues. And Okay, fine. Talk about the issues that you have in Canada where you have some people who are different colored and they're being treated poorly. Or talk about the issues of somebody that, you know, Moves in your neighborhood that's Jewish, and then you got people acting, acting idiotic. Fine, you can talk about all those things. But nothing's going to get solved if you're not talking about them, if you're just covering it under the rug. Well, Mark, this can't really... I had I, I literally had a Canadian telling me this just the other day. What a straight face. Well, Mark, a lot of these instances really don't happen in Canada. These are perceived events because of the way the media has portrayed things. But we're an ultra-progressive society, Mark, and there's just no way that our society can support this kind of behavior. I'm sorry, it's the dumbest thing I've heard yet. Somehow, Canada has figured out how to overcome the human condition where people can't be prejudiced because the progressive system over there prevents it. Really, if that was true, we wouldn't be seeing and hearing this stuff. Hmm? I don't know where that progressive system was when the synagogue was burning. Where the hell was it? Hmm? When black Canadians go to school and people throwing rocks at them and stuff and trying to kill them in the streets. 
I'm, I'm not really seeing a lot of progressivism on that either. I'd love to say these are isolated incidents, but they're not. They seem to be growing more in Canada, and it's truly disturbing because I'm working on everything I can in my own country, and then I, you expect that some places are going to be able to be better than this because in many ways that they have been better than this. Canada has a better record of, of relations with people who look different, of, of relations with people who, who don't practice the same religion, of relations of even with people who, who originally were on those lands. Not the best, but better than America, that's for sure. And now to go back to this kind of behavior, I don't know. It's more American than it is Canadian, I'm sorry to say. I still love my country. I still believe in this republic. But it doesn't mean it's going to be immune from my criticism on none of these issues. Sure, it, it deserves it. But Canada needs to get its act together too. Because... Uh, Spending all this time making fun of our government and making fun of our people, making fun of our politics, or even making fun of our border, doesn't really solve your own issues. You might want to be working on those first. Because like I just told a Canadian the other day, and I'll mention to you on the show, I honestly think that if we had 75,000, let's say, Mexicans or Guatemalans rushing for the Canadian border, I honestly think you'd be looking at some of the same issues that we're facing here in America. But with Canada, Mark, we bring a lot of people into the country. I'm sure you do. And you do it in a legal fashion, which is all that America has ever asked for. You can't just emigrate. You can't just fill some paperwork out. You can't state your case and, and wait your turn. My own family did that over 100 years ago. You can't do that? That's how things are done, legally. Not sneaking around and then saying everything's okay. So I just simply doubt, because Canadians are just as human as the rest of us, that you have hundreds of thousands on your border, you'd be acting anything different than we're acting. That you might have camps and concentration centers and all kinds of stuff over there for people. And some of them are not going to be humane. And some of them are not going to be clean. And some of them are not even going to be, that I feel, representative of what your country is all about. You're going to do this sort of stuff this is because people don't know how to handle this kind of rush and what laws are going to be necessary to handle it. Pray that it never happens to you because I don't think you're going to act anything different than we've acted. Because in the end, we're a sovereign nation. That's our border. Why shouldn't we be doing something about it? Last I checked, and I've been in Canada a couple of times, that you just can't walk over there and, hey, I'm going to go hang out and have some ice cream and I'll go back to America maybe in a couple of weeks. No. It's a sovereign nation with a border that deserves to be respected. I, we, we don't need ask the same thing for ourselves. Let's try to keep that in mind. I have hope for a number of places, America and Canada in particular, that people are watching and trying to do what they can to try to reverse this, to try to speak up against this. It's happening more and more, and I hope that we continue to do so, because it's the only way it's ever going to really change, because it's completely unacceptable. It's unacceptable to use excuses and act this way, because there is no good reason, no moral reason, no political reason to burn down a synagogue, to deface a cemetery, to simply physically assault somebody because you don't like them, or you don't like their religion. Or even more ridiculous, which I hear more now when they get arrested. 
Well, yeah, I was just doing it, man, because I was excited about Palestine, and I just think they're hurting people, and I'm like, really? You don't even know what you're talking about, because you haven't been over to Palestine or Israel. In fact, you probably never even left your community before. That's point number one. Point number two is, you just beat up some Jewish kid that doesn't know anything about this issue either. Why did you do it? Well... The plain reason has always been the plain reason for the last couple thousand years. Because he was a Jew. I know you might think that's somehow warranted, but it's not. That's really what it comes down to. When you strip all the stupid excuses away and all the political gerrymanding uh, functions and all the conspiracy theories and all the things they try to hide behind, in the end, that's what it comes down to. You think something's wrong with these people? And you want to do something about it. Usually something hateful and negative and destructive, violent, or, or sometimes just plain murderous. That's the rise we have right here in, in the world. Now, there's plenty of other places in the world this is happening to. I just brought up those five places because those are the places that really... Actually, that's six places. Yeah, six places. Those places are really... Uh, either you heard a lot about having issues with it or a huge spikes in it. So I made sure that we, we talked about all of those. So there's plenty of other ones too. I mean, it, it, technically you could bring Israel in there and say they've had uh, the, probably the most anti-Semitic acts of violence of anybody on earth. But I filter them out of this conversation. And the reason why I do that is because a great deal of that is about terrorism and a great deal is about just the political nonsense that's continuing to go on there in between the Palestinians, both the, 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 the PLO government and, 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 of course, Hamas. And So I don't add those numbers to it or anything like that. There's nothing has gotten better or worse. It's, you know, we just had that conflict just not too long ago, a few months ago. But you see that this rise, it, it threatens not just Jews, it threatens free societies. And, and in many ways, without sounding too personal, I, I feel it, 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 it threatens Christianity because we helped create this nonsense over 2,000 years ago. And we've done our best to root it out of our, our, our religion and our churches and all the various branches. We've done a, a good job on that. But if we want to pretend we're Christians and we want to pretend we're a Christian nation, although here in America we think of it more as a Judeo-Christian nation, but nevertheless, well, we, we need to be part of the solution to help fix this as well. We need to be out there making sure that we're, we're putting our best foot forward for our Jewish neighbor or a Jewish friend, or a Jewish businessman, or a, a, a Jewish uh, teammate in the military or, 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 or on a sports team, whether it's Little League or the, the major leagues. We need to be doing that too, to be sensitive to the fact that they should have more people on their side than just Jews. Because anti-Semitism is anti-Christian. It's anti-democratic. It's anti-common sense, and it's really anti-human type of behavior. And I don't mean to quote any cliches from the past, because I'm not a big cliche person, but it shouldn't be hard for you to understand in the most logical manner that once 
a culture or a group or an organization or a political party can get its way by targeting somebody and you let them get away with that, they don't just stop right there. I don't know if you realize this or if you ever noticed history or not, but Adolf Hitler made it very clear that when he was done with the Jews, there were other groups he was coming for. He wanted to destroy Polish people. He wanted to destroy anybody that was pretty much Slavic. You know, he wanted to continue to destroy anybody that was born in a handicapped fashion or people who had certain diseases that couldn't be curable. It wouldn't surprise me one day if he was able to take over the, uh, at least a good part of the world that they would eventually figure out a way to destroy Japan because racially they would want to get rid of them too. So it doesn't stop with the one group, folks. It never does. Because the hate that's inside these people isn't really about the group they're targeting. And I don't mean to use that as an excuse. It's just a psychological truth. That's just happened to be their target today. The Jews. Okay? Tomorrow I'll be the Jehovah Witnesses. I don't like the way they come to my, my door and, and, and ring the bell and try to sell me stuff and give me a track of weird things that they say. I got to get rid of them all and then it'll stop everything. Yep. Then they'll be coming for the Jesus people. And then they'll be coming for the lumberjacks. It just continues and continues and continues because it's an engine of hate and it needs more victims to continue its pursuit. It's to continue to ignore the problems that it's ignoring by adopting this kind of hate, by adopting these kind of philosophies. It's endless. It'll destroy everything eventually, including itself. Because once it has no more targets left, it'll be eating each other. I don't like the way you looked that other day. I'm not sure about if you're really uh, a true believer in this. I mean, that, that's where it goes. So yes, without sounding cliche, and yes, without sounding weird, you'll be next. So you, it, it's in your moral insurance policy, or certainly your moral investment, to make sure you're doing your best to protect people that are targeted this way. Until maybe one day it's not such a problem anymore. Maybe one day we've figured out a way to stop it or educate people better or figure out ways in society to help discount some of this or even maybe help people to understand that they need help, they need therapy. People like this, they, they have problems, psychological, some of them even mental. That's why they act this way. But if we allow them to continue... Yeah, that's that's how we allow the fabric of society to fall apart eventually. Because if you're not willing to stop these people, you're not going to be willing to stop anything else. And you lose not only your freedom in that society, you lose your entire integrity and your entire integrity, your entire credibility. It's lost. What can you tell your children? Don't steal, it's wrong. But, it, you know, if they rob the Jewish people, it's okay. Don't kill people unless it's somebody Jewish. Because that's really what you're saying right there. You lose everything when you, when you go in that path. Or more importantly, when you're not one of these people that are actually saying this sort of stuff, but 
looking the other way. I got some pieces I wrote in a, a, a book I'm, I'm writing, and uh, some of it has to do with the town of Dachau and, and, and town itself, and then, of course, the concentration camp of Dachau, which is right outside of the town, and them to this day facing the same situation, kind of like Poland in a way. Well, I remember us bringing them there. I read that from one of the mayors of Dachau one day. You know, they didn't ask my permission. And then they built a concentration camp and they're killing Jews. How's this my fault? Well, I don't know. Looking the other way? Not saying anything? Thinking the black ash that was coming down your street every day was, was lumber and not just people? That would be a good start on, on why we're looking at you weird. But see, that's how this works. You go from a town like Dachau, a beautiful town, a peaceful town, a town that actually became the center of landscape artists and became a landscape artist colony where people had used the techniques they learned in there to do incredible artwork, beautiful stuff. If you've ever been to Germany before and I lived there for years, it's a beautiful country. The countryside in many places is just incredibly gorgeous. Sometimes you look at it and like, that looks like a postcard. It's like, I can't believe it's real. They made that beautiful thing into just uh, the most horrific place on earth, literally. You couldn't be any more exaggerated. Could not exaggerate any further than that. That's how this happens. You go from Mr. Peaceful to Mr. I don't care. Mr. Christian to, uh, well, you know, they're not killing my family, so I'm just going to have some sausage right now. Leave me alone. It's all it takes, folks. Okay? You don't have to be some big shot neo-Nazi. Okay? You don't have to be some uh, lovely anti-Semitic socialist party leader. Okay? To be involved in all this. You just can be a regular person that looks the other way when someone says something like this. That walks by when somebody's getting beat up and you know it's for the wrong reason. It doesn't do anything about it. The people that do this are bullies. It's not hard to stand up to them. But they get power from your apathy. They get permission from you looking away. And I know you don't want to hear this, and I know you might not even want to agree with this, but in the end, you're going to bear responsibility for some of the things these people do. You may not be the one going to jail. But if you do believe in somebody upstairs, you're going to have somebody to have to talk to about this. I guarantee you they're not going to be happy. They're going to be pulling out that big heavenly remote on that big heavenly uh, view screen and saying, oh yeah, this is the time where... You knew the Jewish guy was beaten and you just kept walking. Well, this is the time when they were saying something anti-Semitic in your workplace and you just like hum to yourself and pretend you didn't hear it. Hmm. This is the time when your kids are telling you the Jewish kids in the school are getting beat up all the time. Can they do something about it? No, 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 don't. Stay out of that. That's not our problem. Yeah, they're gonna, you're going to see that on the view screen one day from God. It's not going to be pretty on what he has to say because he's going to show it to you. So how about we not do any of this nonsense? How about we try to intervene? How about we try to get more involved? 
I'm not suggesting that you need to be a crusader. I'm not suggesting you need to go out there and be some civil rights leader. I'm not even suggesting you need to be somebody on the expert of Judaism or all the fascination things that are going on in Israel right now. I'm just suggesting that you actually start practicing the things you continue to preach. Yeah, I'm a free thinker in, in, in a society. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian and or I lean towards that way. I'm a decent person. I raise my kids right. Well, all of that sounds wonderful until the time comes when you're asked to prove that. And that's when those incidents happen. They happen in your town. They happen in your face. They happen right there. Right in your neighborhood. That's when you get a chance to prove of all that stuff you've been saying is important. All the stuff you said you're living, well, are you doing it? Are you, are you living it? Are you preaching it? Are you just words so let's let's start practicing more of these things that we're preaching over here okay it's not I don't really think it's a difficult thing to do unless we're just all living fake dishonest lives and I know some of us are but we need to wake up from this sort of stuff until otherwise one day we're all going to be behind a prison bar somewhere we'll be stuck like the ogres over there in, in China right now three million of them Richardly raped, murdered and tortured, re-educated and brainwashed. And then when they finish tissue typing you, they're stealing your organs so they can give it to rich people around the world. That's what they're doing over there. And we say in, in, in the world on a global basis, never again. Never again will there be a holocaust. And we had one in Cambodia. Over three million people murdered for no good reason other than I think they were enemy of the state they were teachers took photographs of them all by the way they have an entire record of every single person that they murdered over there that happened there then it happened in Rwanda words from people on radio stations making fun of the groups kill them chop them up it's okay yeah 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 and that's what happens half a million people not a bullet in them, just, just machetes chopped to death manually by people who hated them. One tribe against another tribe. Another, another mass extermination. Bosnia. I was there in Cold War, releasing all of Eastern Europe from the, from the communist clutches, believing to this day that we did the right thing, that we freed people. Never did any of us imagine that we also let some of their evil ghosts out. And now that could be used against people. Now you could say, yeah, those Muslims over there in, in, in Bosnia, they're bad people. And they, they live better than you because they got different privileges and special things. and So you can kill them and take over their houses and steal all their stuff. And then bury them in, in you know... In plots uh, at soccer fields, six thousand at a time. And we finally did something about that, but thousands upon thousands died. So I know we love to talk about never again, but again, I just gave you three examples since the Holocaust: Cambodia, Rwanda, Bosnia, and now. In China right now with the Uggers. 
That's number four right there. For anyone ever does anything about it, there'll be there'll be millions of people dead. All because they just don't look Chinese or practice a different religion. Don't really think that communism will fit into their culture. You know they've had for thousands of years. And what have the Chinese had this for? Fifty years? Sixty years? Come on. So we need to do more than just have some words, folks. We have to actually do something about this. And we can. You could just do it right on your corner. And that's how everything works in this world. People say, how do I change the world market so big? Well, you don't have to change the whole world. You just have to change your block. Maybe your neighborhood. And if everybody started doing that, then that's how the world changes. People use that excuse many times and not do anything. Well, Mark, the world's so big. You know, I'm really kind of busy. Yeah, you're not too busy to drop off a couple of canned goods to some veterans in the, in the old folks' home. Not too busy to drop off some art supplies over to a recreation center on kids that are underprivileged. Just buy them in the store and drop them off. You don't even have to play with the kids. You don't have to say anything to the seniors. Not even the, the usual thank you for your service You know that I, I hear all the time. You don't even have to say that. It's not hard to change your community or to change somebody else's heart that somebody actually gives a crap or to even change your own heart that you just, hey, I am busy, but I can still do something. I can drop this stuff off at the shelter for the animals or the shelter for the women. I could drop some, some, some products off and some things for the, for the shelter for the women who, who are battered. Or for the seniors, or, or for the for the older veterans, wayward kids that don't have any more homes, they have to live as wards of state. Things that you can do to, to to help them, not difficult, folks. There's no excuse for a lot of any of this at all. Just as much as there's no excuse for anti-Semitism, there's no excuse for some of our our own callous and apathetic behavior. There simply isn't. I don't care how busy you say you are. It's not hard to do any of this stuff. You just have to be willing to do it and make it a priority. Because if you don't, I don't want to hear anything about the world sucks. Okay. What have you done to make it better? Well, nothing. Okay. I guess the world's still going to suck then. Hmm. I don't hate, I don't hate this person in office. Oh, did you vote to do something about that? No, I haven't voted in 20 years. Folks, I'm not even giving you jokes. This is what people tell me when I when I ask them these things. You haven't voted for 20 years, really? Did you realize this is a democracy, right? You do realize that you're saying that your voice doesn't count for anything. You're telling people that they can do whatever they want because you've already counted yourself out. I'm sorry, folks. It might sound common denominator-ish. It might even sound just just way too simplistic and that's fine it could sound all of that but in the end you need to do something if you want something to improve or you don't have the right to complain you know you don't I watch a guy uh, talking about the river is dirty I can't believe it when I was growing up uh, Mark it used to be much cleaner these people just have no respect and after he tells me that he's walking over to the river pulls out his wiener so he can take a piss in the river and then throws a cigarette in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, the kind of, this is the kind of behavior you get from people. 
As you can see, the words, <laughs> they do not match the deeds. You don't get involved, nothing's going to get better, and you don't really have a right to complain. Because if you meet up with somebody like me, I'm going to call you out on it every damn time. I don't really care. I do that on a regular basis because I don't want to hear the nonsense anymore. I'm a very busy person myself, okay? And I still have time to help the veterans. And I still have time to send stuff over to the, to the animal shelter. Still have time to force the animals and, and help my, uh, my children doing so. And I'm busy too. I like to be sitting down and writing all day. It would be great, but I, I don't have time to do that all the time. I have to make it a priority, make it happen somehow. Same thing. It's not difficult, folks. And a lot of people, they have less busy lives than I do. They don't do anything to help anybody. They have the money. They have the resources. We're not even talking about things that are that big. So why not do it? Make this world better. And guess what? When you make this world better, you're going to feel better about yourself. And when you feel better about yourself, guess what happens? You stop blaming other people for your problems. You start actually looking at yourself and maybe figuring out ways to solve those problems. Maybe when you start this, you start the week with, I think it's the Jews that are messing up my life on Monday. And maybe by Saturday, you're like, yeah, I, I, it had nothing to do with them at all. I'm, I'm just a jerk and I just need to keep working on this thing. But I'm, I'm feeling that I can get this handled. That's really what a lot of this stuff's about. I'm not making light of people who hate. And I'm not saying that they all have a, a, a cure around the corner. Some people you can't. I understand that. But I'm telling you, the vast majority, a lot of people engaging in this kind of behavior are people that feel unwanted, are people that feel unloved, are, are, are people that just need to blame somebody and they latch on to these ideas and these ideologies and these organizations. And if they could see something different or if they could even believe something different for a moment and see that it's possible that tomorrow doesn't have to be some dark hellhole, that tomorrow doesn't have to be another way to hurt somebody else because you are hurting yourself, you have a lot of people that simply won't engage in this behavior anymore. They'll see that they're just hurting the world further rather than trying to improve it and then therefore improving themselves. And that's really what this is all about. All right, folks, that was uh, Mark Anthony Rossi with MindSpeak over here, episode 218, The Rise of Anti-Semitism. We have many shows coming up ahead that we're going to be putting together. So I thank you very much for your support. The, the show's really been gaining a, a, another audience. I got some different email that I've gotten in the past, basically email that has nothing to do with writing or literary stuff, which is great, you know. And I'm, I'm just really happy that we were able to talk about different subjects over here. And, and we're going to still talk about writing. It's still an important part of my life. That's not going to change. But... Talking about some of these other things that are on my heart and what I see around, well, I think those are important too. I hope somehow this has reached you and kind of give you something to think about. All right, folks, God bless. Until next time, this is Mark Anthony Rossi. Good night.
Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.